Hello, hello. How are you? Oh my goodness. I am stoked. Episode six. Oh my goodness. I know. This is amazing. We've really, we've really done this. <laughs> I love how we both went from, uh, I don't know if I can handle a podcast to absolutely crushing it. I know. Every Wednesday I'm like, it's podcast day today. Everything is yeah. good. Happy day. <laughs> Everyone else is like, hump day, we're like, no, it's podcast day. Hump day, more like hustle day. How was work today? <laughs> it was actually good. Um, no more fights you know with I... uh, stupid customers? <laughs> Not today, no. So you know what, I had a lot of laughs and it was, a, it was a good day. What about you? How's your day been? It's been pretty good. I have this week off and then I start work next week. So I'm just Ooh, relaxing, chilling out, maxing, relaxing all cool. Oh my gosh, you're crushing it. Amazing. All right, well, we can hop in, I guess. Yeah, or if you want to start off with a quick disclaimer. So any of the stories mentioned are not intended to harm or discourage those involved. Obviously, we're not medical professionals. These are just our educated and very sassy opinions. (laughs) Amazing. So I think the first thing we wanted to touch on was the topic of resentment which is Mm -hmm. something I've been going through a lot right now because Mm -hmm. it's hard when you accept that someone else has done something wrong to you. And Mm -hmm. then what do you do with that information? Exactly. Because like you can attribute blame. Like this is what I've kind of been being like, what's the difference between blame? Like you did this wrong. This is your fault. And resentment, Mm. which is just, like, what's eating me up at night. Yeah. Um, I I like to think of blame as sort of, like, tokens I can give out. You know, like, in any given situation, I'll have, like, five tokens. Maybe the four goes to whoever hurt me. And one goes to myself for not knowing any better. That's how I think of blame. But I, I feel resentment coming into play when... You address the blame, which I think is the healthiest thing to do to address the hurt, the situation, address whatever happened. Um, I think the resentment comes when whoever, you know, the person who who wronged you says, "Mm, you know what, I don't agree. I think the blame is actually on you. Or, you know what, I don't don't accept any of your blame tokens. I, I don't think I'm at fault here. I think that's when resentment comes into play. Yeah, that's usually what I resent is like, when people are unwilling to be accountable or just a complete stonewall of the facts of what have happened in the situation. Yeah. Because then it's like, I can't get closure from this. So the only thing that I'm left with is just like rumination and resentment. Exactly. Yeah. Also, can you hear my headphones squeaking? I cannot. Okay. GG. Good, good. (laughs) You are perfect. Um, Amazing. You're so lovely. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, like I saw I know TikTok. Me... Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like, if you can move on without a proper apology, like, that's strength. And I was like, yeah, that's what I aspire to do. I'm not yeah. there yet. Like, yeah, we're, I not, think... we're not there yet. But I like, agree. it's good to have that as a goal to be like, you did this and I don't resent you because I'm not even going to let you impact my peace of mind like that. 
Yeah. Um, and sort of, uh, you know, talking back about our last episode, episode five, um, I like to think that shifting the responsibility is like the best way for me to get closure. And it's not something I'm perfect with, but it's something I'm working on. Um, so when I say shifting the responsibility, I mean taking responsibility for your own happiness and well-being. Like it's it's very easy to place that on someone else. For example, with my parents as a kid, um, like 100% of the responsibility went to them. I wasn't thinking about making myself happy. Like it was always like my parents have to make me happy. So when right. that fell through, I felt upset. I felt kind of angry, you know, and, and yeah. obviously my parents, you know, never think they're at fault. I love them to death, but God forbid yeah. that they're wrong. Um, so they would always sort of, you know, stonewall it and say, okay, that's just how you feel. And so I would right. be left with resentment. So the best thing for me to do in that situation, and I find the best thing to do in 90% of situations is to just shift the responsibility. So instead of saying, you know, you hurt me, it's your responsibility to fix this. It's your responsibility to understand me and to make me feel better. Instead, shifting it towards yourself, not necessarily shifting the blame, like, you know, they may still be at fault. But now you're saying, okay, you hurt me. You did something shitty. But you know what? I am responsible for my own happiness. I'm not going to let you take away from, you know, my my happiness and my well-being in my day-to-day life. You know, you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to make sure that I am feeling okay. I'm going to put myself forward. It is now my responsibility to feel good. That's, I think, a really important distinction that you made. I just want to, like, circle back on that, where yeah, I think a lot of times when someone's been treated badly, they'll be like, oh, what did I do to prompt yeah. being treated like this? And yeah. to like blame yourself for being treated poorly yeah. is it's natural, but it's never helpful. So mm-hmm. it's important yeah. to be able to identify that you did not deserve someone to treat you poorly. However, that person, if you let them eat you up inside for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. then they're still winning. And obviously that can yeah. take on many forms like therapy and oh, whatever. Yeah, of course. But yeah. it is your responsibility to yourself to be like, mm-hmm. I can heal from what's happened. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing that we sort of talked about in episode four when we talked about um, closure and how to sort of move on without closure. It's the exact same thing, you know, like when when someone wrongs you, it's, it's so easy to say, like, okay, you wronged me. You are at fault. You are to blame. So you have to fix it. You yeah. have to make me feel better. But then especially when, you know, for example, if it's situations whoop. where oh, sorry, the other person. Oh, yep. am I back? Yep, I think we're good. Okay, keep going. Okay, I think there are some situations where the other person because they can't empathize or they can't understand or for whatever reason, they won't understand what you're going through, what they've caused. And then it's just like, you have to be like, either I can accept this, what I feel is a half apology and move on, or Mm -hmm. I can just LARP on it forever. But if they don't want to accept responsibility, 
then you mm-hmm. shouldn't have to prove that, look at how much I've suffered because of you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to and... prove that to anyone. If, if someone is committed to not understanding the hurt that they've caused, mm-hmm. there's no point LARPing on it because yeah. you shouldn't have to prove your pain to the person who hurt you. Exactly. That's, that's really important there. Some people in life, this is what I've kind of come to realize, yeah. is they're committed to misunderstanding you because mm-hmm. if they understood what you went through, they would have to reflect on their own actions. And people don't like reflecting oh on their own actions. Holy shit, you're right. I, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. It's something I've thought about recently because, like, there are situations, well, one situation in particular that I'm going through, where I feel like I keep saying the same thing again and again and yeah. again. And the person just doesn't seem to be hearing it at all. And mm. I'm like, what's going on? And then I'm like, they don't want to hear it. Because if they heard yeah. it, they would have to reconsider their ideas. And that they don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which, but again, like kind of taking it back to stonewalling, like whether there's not listening or whether they're listening and like you said they're just committed to not understanding you and bowling over it because they don't want to address their own actions like i think the only thing to do is to shift the responsibility not the blame like you are still allowed to be angry and and hurt and upset and and so frustrated but taking the responsibility for yourself and and saying you know what, I'm going to make it my responsibility now to take care of myself. It, like you said before, it takes the power away from them. So instead of them being, you know, the be all end all, instead of them being the one who's supposed to make you happy, now you get to say, actually, you know what, I'm going to step away from this because you clearly don't want to understand. I'm actually going to be responsible for my own happiness now. Like, taking it in my own hands. (laughs) You don't have the right to dictate from how I heal from what you've done. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Like, now it's my turn to do this on my terms. Like, that's kind of what I've been thinking. Because I've kind of cut off communication because I don't want to do this whole repeating myself. And I'm like, you know what? Now I'm doing this for me. Mm -hmm. Like, on my terms. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's such a power move. I know. Like, to turn around and be like, you know what, you, you're not the best. I'm, I'm gonna do my own thing. That's like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like, love it. The best person, the person who knows me the most is myself. So. Agreed. Yeah. I got this. (laughs) I love when your parents are like, I know you better than anyone. And you're like, hmm. Or dramatize me me more than anyone. Let's try again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, you know me so well. What's my favorite color? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> my middle name, mom. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I have a really good fun fact. I am so excited. I have okay. no idea what it is, but oh my god, I'm so stoked. Okay, so we are about a year into this pandemic. I'm sorry to keep alarming on the pandemic, but this is good oh my one. God. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, I wish this could have been over sooner. Well, let's throw mm-hmm. it back to the 1300s. We're in the yeah. Black Plague. We're in Italy. 
And the Italians came up with an ingenious way to stop the spread of the Black Plague, which was if you're suspected of having the Black Plague, they, everyone in your family goes in your house, they nail the door shut, and they burn your house to the ground with you in it. Oh my god. Talk about an overkill way to reduce contamination, but it worked. Like, everyone in Europe was dying of the Black Plague, except for Italians who were thriving because they're just burning people alive in their house. Yeah, literally. Oh, you don't want to die of the Black Plague? Just light your whole city on fire. Like, <laughs> why not? Why not? Fighting fire with fire? No, fighting <laughs> plague with fire. Literally. <laughs> they're like, hmm, That's a so quarantine? Wild. No. Burn them alive. Just go. I love how it and couldn't also, even be. Oh, yeah. The people, like, would know it was happening, and they're like, oh, no, I sniffled in public, now I'm gonna be burnt in my house. Oh, my like, God. What a, what Can you a imagine the stress levels? Yeah. So, next time someone wants to complain about wearing a mask, oh just think God. about that. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. That's... Oh, my goodness. I thought you were gonna say, like, oh, they just, like you know, hammer at the door and then locked you in there for a couple of weeks. No, they burnt your house down. No, no, yeah. What if they, they have, like, would seasonal stop allergies? <laughs> Literally. Oh my god, Italians don't hold Ford back. says he's throwing <laughs> everything he can at this pandemic, there are some Clearly not. he's not using. <laughs> Where are the house fires, Dougie? <laughs> Literally. Oh my okay. goodness. Okay, speaking of wearing a mask... I wanted yeah. to talk. I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about your experiences working as an essential worker throughout this whole pandemic. Oh my goodness. Um my because... partner Ben and I we were chatting today about like the definition of essential and sure. I'm by no means essential. Like do you need your paint mixed at Home Depot? Not really. Do you need to have flowers on your front porch? No, you don't. But still, but I'm out if here. someone can't rent a tool, oh my god, <laughs> world over, yeah, Life crushed. Exactly. Yeah, we do get a lot of contractors through, like tool rental and everything. So the fact that I'm not getting vaccinated kind of cheeses me. That, that's the thing where it's like, are you technically essential? Maybe not. But you've been yeah. working this whole time. Like, Home Depot has never closed, has it? Yep. So uh, no, technically it hasn't. So You have all of, the, uh, all of the exposures of an essential worker with none of the yep. protections like a vaccine. Yeah, exactly. That's and, cool. Oh, yeah. Super cool, super swag, like cash money, A++. Um, but, yeah, it's – I think the weirdest thing for me – is the amount of propaganda that gets thrown around the construction community. Oh, like, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, a lot of construction workers, I find, are primarily, like, right-wing and, and further over on the spectrum, which is, you know, totally fine, totally normal. But they love to throw, a, like, the leftist name in and be like, this is all a leftist hoax. This is all fake. Mm. This is uh, this is just Trudeau. And you're like, okay, but maybe it's number just one a pandemic. Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. 
like oh my god my my boss today shows up and and shows me a video of i think a couple of british guys throwing a mask in boiling water and then putting it under a microscope and saying there's worms in our masks are you guys not seeing this there's worms in our masks oh my god and i i'm looking at my boss like you you've got to be kidding me right like the worms in our masks are you being serious and he's like i saw the video i'm gonna try it tonight and it's just the level of of propaganda that yeah runs it's like i almost feel bad it's like who who told you this like who <laughs> yeah. taught you that this is appropriate and what's more why are you believing it like and then it's like your safety is being put at risk because of these yeah. people who have all this misinformation exactly yeah so I, I see a lot of people that come through and they're not wearing their masks correctly. They're not following procedures. And they don't expect the little, you know, 100-pound, 5'2 girl to snap back. But I, I'm so strict because I have to be, As you, you know? should be. I, yeah, exactly. Because if I'm I not, mean, it like, has to be hard. The number of times that I yell at contractors to get their hands <laughs> off the door and to get back into their car is a little too high for my own comfort. So I mean, that's girl power, girl boss. <laughs> Yelling at old contractors, boss moment, boss moment. Uh. But it. no, like I think that uh, essential workers. Again, we mm-hmm. can talk about what that means because it's like kind of frontline health staff. Yeah, have. I don't know how to say this in the way that I want it. Like, I don't want, like, obviously, frontline health staff have done an incredible job this yeah, whole pandemic. Of course. They, oh my God. However, they have gotten protections. Like, they've gotten hazard pay and they've mm-hmm. gotten the vaccine first. Whereas yep. people who work in jobs like yours or in grocery stores or whatever, yep. who do tend to come from a more low income background have yep. not gotten vaccine priority. They just now got three paid sick days. What the heck is three days supposed to do three for anyone? Days. Really? Yeah, exactly. So it is funny how um, there seem to be different tiers of essential worker in the eyes of the government. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, you know, head management doesn't think that you know, me, myself, and I are exposed to the public a lot, but, like, we have our garden center open right now. If I'm running orders, I am literally passing customers in the aisles. Like, customers are in my face with their masks below their nose. It's, like... Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, it makes me feel super safe, super secure. Um, but, yeah, the I think the biggest safety tip I have is to be a bitch, no word yeah. to lie. Like, um, be super assertive. As assertive exactly. as you can. I get so many dirty looks for asking people to fix their mask. I get so many sideways stares for asking customers to back away from the entrance and, you know, to give me my space. And you know what? I can, I can sit here and be anxious about it, and I will. <laughs> <laughs> but I can also turn around and say, okay, this is my safety, this is my family's safety, and this could be your safety. So how about we all just, you know, step away from that? 
like you them putting up their mask has a ripple effect for every other employee in the store exactly yeah like they're you're protecting everyone so i think like i um i live in an area in toronto that has kind of a high homeless population Mm -hmm. so what i've got come to do is like i'll carry a few extra disposable masks with me and i'll kind of hand them out when i see people who don't have one which is just like an angel you know because people do need them and i don't know where they would get them um and then i'll be like okay and now you have to put it over your mouth and nose and like this is to protect you and this is to protect me and this is to protect everyone and like sometimes Mm -hmm. there's some confusion especially because i'll just like throw it to them and then stand six or ten feet away but Mm -hmm. there is a certain both exposure therapy element where like i would never before this pandemic be talking to like yeah everyone i see on the street to get them to fix their masks (laughs) uh yeah honestly but the motivation of protecting others is enough it is it should be it isn't for everyone which still freaks me out but for us you know it is and that's how i know we're cool people honestly if nothing else has cemented our friendship the Mm -hmm. way that we have seen this pandemic the same way the whole time the true litmus test (laughs) i i completely agree i i do have a bunch of friendships where we've just deviated on what we think is being responsible like i think being responsible is following guidelines and keeping people safe and if your version of responsible is throwing parties then maybe we shouldn't be friends anymore but Claire, you and I have literally been on the same page from day one. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful for it, if we're being honest. I'm so grateful for it, too. Uh, I think that it is awesome. And it is also awesome if you're someone who hasn't done that. Now's as good a time mm-hmm. as ever to start implementing it. Oh, exactly. It's never too late. People keep talking about uh, post-pandemic. It ain't over mm-hmm. till it's over, baby. Like, exactly. It's two doses of vaccine. So, yep. just because there's some rollout does not mean it is over. <laughs> exactly. You have to kind of push through, final lap. Like, we're almost at the finish line, but you gotta make it to the finish line to celebrate, you know? Yeah. We can't give Especially up now. Especially now that there's all these variants. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been awesome. I agree. And we Amazing will see episode. you next week. <laughs> next Wednesday. I love it. Have a good day, All Claire. Right. Bye-bye.